Hello and welcome to another episode of the MC Podcast. I'm Andrew Crabtree. A uh, different kind of show today. So uh, we're bringing back an old format called Telling Our Stories. Uh, this is uh, something we used to do and then got quite a favorable response. We have Andrew Herbert, who is uh, part of the marketing team and one of our uh, graphic designers here. Very interesting guy with uh, interesting background. So uh, we think that part of getting to know a brand and if you want to you know, be one of our customers or get to know us, uh, part of that is is meeting our people, and uh, we're, we think that they're a pretty good representation of our brand and who we are. So, uh, in this episode, you'll get to meet Andrew Herbert. Come back next week, and there will be regularly scheduled MC Podcast programming. We'll talk about agriculture and ag education, but for today, let's get to know Andrew Herbert. Hello, podcast audience. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Telling Our Stories on the MC Podcast. It's been a minute since we've done one of these, but I'm really excited because we have maybe the most interesting man in the world in the opposite chair. That is quite a setup. <laughs> uh, today, you've got the Andrews. I'm Andrew Crabtree, your host, and I'm joined by Andrew Herbert. Thanks for having me, Andrew. This is going to be fun, buddy. Um, so, so backstory, uh, we've known each other for almost as long as anybody in this building other than you know my family we played t-ball together. we played t-ball together that we might played be, baseball together yeah, that might be the first uh connection of the andrews was yeah. T-ball. yeah and it only went up from there <laughs> that's true now we work together uh we we played baseball together in high school for the aj wildcats and for a little uh, traveling team called the mudcats some <laughs> good years were the days my friend <laughs> the mudcats <laughs> i think somewhere i've still got a mudcats uh uh Jersey. We still have all the trophies in my <laughs> basement. <laughs> so you should bring those to work. I think that's a shelf in here for sure. <laughs> um, so both of us, the Andrews here, we grew up in Southern Illinois. That's correct. Um, attended high school together. Uh, and then I, I, I can actually vividly remember in high school, I think we were both in TV class together, Sean Horn's TV class. And I remember watching you edit your recruiting video for for golf scholarships yes and it was a unique one (laughs) that's why i vividly remember it uh so obviously creativity and art was a part of your life early on correct uh and was evidenced by your golf recruiting video being set to what was it the uh chariots of fire Fire song song. i remember and i gotta say my coach did mention that as one of the reasons he was so interested in me to join his team it was pretty glorious oh my goodness i gotta go find that (laughs) i hope you still got it (laughs) um so after after high school after graduation you went on on a pretty unique journey maybe walk us through you know the process of deciding where you were going to go and what you were going to do. Yeah. So, um, when I was at art school, um, talking about college, right? Yeah. I'm going to say when I was at art school, um, it was kind of graduation was nearing that really height of the recession era, uh, 2008, 2009. So we were getting a lot of sort of feedback from our professors like, Hey guys, the market's real tough out there. Um, if you get a job interview, take it. Yeah. If you get a job offer, Take it. Take it. Snatch it up. Exactly. And then, and then most of them were also saying, just stay in school. Just stay yeah, here. Yeah, of course they were. <laughs> it's, it's safe. You know, then I'll have a job. Um, but no, so like. For those debt payments. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, but uh, I guess it was December of my senior year. I just happened to notice on the desktop background of my work computer or my uh, school computer that the CIA was coming to just kind of mention 
um, what they were looking for and then host some interviews. And I, it, it kind of took me back. Like, why are they coming to an art school? What CIA in an art school is not necessarily what you expect. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I got to at least go to this presentation and check it out. And uh, so I went there. Um, there were only about 12 other designers that went to this presentation just because CIA is kind of a scary three letters that yeah. you don't often see. Um, a little intimidating. A little intimidating. Um, but the people who were presenting were really awesome. They were my future art director and, uh, you know, production managers. And they weren't the black suit, black tie kind of, you know, men in black sort of thing <laughs> that you often think of or when the media, you know, shows that in movies. Um, really down to earth people. I connected with them. And uh, so I decided to sign up for interviews and had an interview and was one of the two who were chosen and you know given job offers. So I was really fortunate to have a job offer halfway through my senior year in college. And, uh, you know, after graduation, went through a lengthy background process. Yeah, I was going to ask what that's what's that like? <laughs> <laughs> I, I about as much as you would imagine. I can't get into too many details about it, but uh, mine was was under a year. And that's pretty quick. Wow. Um, there's just every invasive question you could imagine you are asked and it's by many different people. And one of them happened to sound like my grandmother. Oh my gosh. I'm so sure that's that, fun. That was not fun. No, you're, you're wrong. That was not fun. So you, you, you go, you went to Savannah college of art and design, which is a pretty prestigious art school. So that's kind of neat. It was a good time. How, you know, how old were you when you decided you wanted to pursue a career in art? So I really, I owe this to my mother. My mother was an art teacher. She was my art teacher in fifth grade. And uh, from a very early age, I was sort of driven with a creative passion and knew that I wanted to pursue something in art. And for a long time, I thought that was architecture. Um, But then I realized how much math is involved with that. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll I'll think of something else. So in high school, um, we had a great art teacher, uh, Mike LaScola. Yeah, I remember him well. You remember him well, yeah. So he was a graphic designer. I think he said he went to Iowa State. Um, but he kind of took me under his wing my like junior and senior year, and I became like his vinyl printing apprentice. You printed me some stickers for my car. Yeah, I've, yeah, for you, for a couple other people. But we also did some of the um, business signs on the windows on Main Street here awesome. in Anna. And then, of course, the golf course signs that are still up today. I'm still pretty proud of that, <laughs> even though they're just numbers. <laughs> um, but no, so having that connection with him and knowing his background and being able to an- like have my questions answered by him just immediately was a, a big... Um, way for me to get into graphic design and realize that was a profession I wanted to pursue. When you made a decision to go into graphic design as a career, I would say it was probably kind of at a turning point for the graphic design profession. I mean, Photoshop, yeah, that's early in Photoshop, right? I mean, yeah, so, it had to be a little bit of a leap to say, I'm going to go into this new form of graphic design. And I honestly wasn't even thinking of that. But looking back, now that you say that, yes. In fact, I think I had we had like Photoshop version two, yeah, maybe early. that we learned on. Doesn't look a lot like today's Photoshop. My goodness. No. So like, uh, I think getting to college and art and Lascola told me, he's like, Hey, listen, you might be really good here at AJ, but you're going to an art school where you're not going to be the best right. person there. And that was humbling, but I needed to hear that. And when I got there, you're able to see some of these kids who have had like the newer versions of Photoshop mm-hmm. and InDesign and Illustrator and are performing and creating these amazing things and really learn from them as well as the professors. So I think surrounding myself in that environment really helped me sort of get to a level that made me understand and realize that it was something I needed to pursue. No, oh, that's super cool. Um, so moving, you know, that's 
your story of you know like that you know like the moving from you might be the best at AJ or this, these smaller communities. Like I think there's a lot of people that can identify that that you know like I same situation. I moved to St. Louis mm-hmm. and was you know the, one of the better students. Where I, you know and then you move and you like you realize you know, there's a lot of talented kids <laughs> yeah, out there. Absolutely. Um, so went to Savannah College of Art and Design, played golf. Mm-hmm. How was that? It was a ton of fun. Um, some of those guys are still, you know, we still keep in touch. We try to get together and golf when we can. Uh, a lot of them were at my wedding. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say my wedding, my wife and, and my wedding. <laughs> Your wife's wedding. <laughs> to her uh, first husband. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, moving on. Um, no, golf was amazing. It, and actually, I, I owe playing a collegiate sport to uh, really understanding time management because we were gone a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, design school is different than a normal school where you can't just bring a book on the road. You know, you got to be painting and drawing and doing these things that uh, it's tough to bring that kind of stuff on a golf van to, you know, Florida while you're in a a five day tournament. But um, it was an amazing experience. I was able to really pursue both my passions of golf and design and uh, really enjoyed Savannah. It's a beautiful town. I imagine there's worse ways to spend your college life than on golf courses in the uh, the South. No one felt sorry for yeah, me. Sure. It was it was a, a six to seven day a week gig playing golf, and and I I did get a little burnout, but I could complain to no one yeah. because no one would listen. <laughs> um, so went to the work of the CIA. Um, was that? An, I mean, like that can't be confirmed or denied. <laughs> I had to say. Um, so, so obviously don't answer questions. You can't, um, was that, what was that like as an experience? Cause you know, I, I also went to design school, not nearly as prestigious of a school, but I can tell you that in design school, the CIA would have been the farthest thing from my mind. And it was for me too. Like, I think that's why seeing CIA is coming to SCAD on a desktop background was kind of shocking. Cause I was like, man, I, I've seen Jason Bourne. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to, I want to learn more about this. So, um, you're absolutely right. It was the furthest thing away from my mind, just government in general. Like I didn't really see myself going into a government position. Um, but after, again, after kind of meeting the people who I would later be working with, it really kind of helped me see that, it's just, they're just people, you know, they're, they're very intelligent, very, very good, uh, good at what they do, but uh, it's not the individuals who are trying to erase your memory and things like <laughs> I keep using men in black, but I guess they were really, yeah. I think it really too, like really speaks to how big the graphic design profession is. I mean, like there's literally no, no sector that right. doesn't need some help there. And a lot of people ask me, you know, just like the question I had, why does the CIA need a graphic designer? Um, and once I got there, it's, it's a, well, compared to Anna, it's a town, it's a town larger than Anna and it needs everything that a town would need. It needs websites. It needs, you know, branding. It needs, um, there's so many different campaigns and charity campaigns along with other various campaigns that need, um, you know, uh, logos and, and information design and things like that. So it's, it's a, a full gig. There's a ton of designers in there. There's a ton of different shops. And you put it all together, and you you see some really amazing work. It's it was a great place to be. Cool. Uh, you spent how long there? Ten years. Wow. Almost exactly ten years. That's cool. Thank you. It was uh, uh, it was uh, it was a lot. It felt a lot longer than ten years at times. But looking back, it was a great experience. And then, what made you want to move back to Southern Illinois? So for me, um, I I just really wanted to be able to raise a family. And my wife and I had this conversation before we moved. We wanted to raise a family in a more closer knit community. And 
trying to find that in a large city is difficult. It exists in places, but it's just very difficult to feel at home and feel comfortable and feel like you can, um, I just really wanted to be able to have my children have the same kind of experience as I did. I can completely identify with that. And we talked about this. Yeah. It's it's a it's a unique feeling, and I'm sure there's a ton of small towns out there that have that uh, that kind of hey, when you're here, you're home kind of feel. And that's what we were looking for. And I knew I could find that here. I think you were actually my first call when me and my wife started talking about moving from St. Louis back to Southern Illinois. I remember that. Yeah, you were like, "Hey, why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more." Um, so back in Southern Illinois. Um, I'm assuming there's a little bit, even you know, growing up here, maybe there's a little bit of a culture shock spending 10 years in, in D.C. and then moving back, you know, 10 years in D.C. after, what, probably four years in Savannah, Georgia. Yep. Um, what has been the hardest thing for you about moving back? <laughs> like, I, I understand, on, on the whole, it's, right, it's a right. good thing, but what's the, what's gonna, the thing that's the biggest I'm gonna challenge? I'm going to say the, the biggest challenge. So my, my wife and I live live outside of Anna. It's not even really close to Anna, uh, you know, on a map, but uh, delivery food. <laughs> oh man. It's, it's just not a possibility where we are right now, but I thought you were going to say internet. So we, thankfully we have enough internet and we honestly didn't really, you know, we weren't online gaming and things right. like that. So we, we didn't really have this superb need for high quality internet, but we have a sufficient internet connection. So it's, it's delivery Thai food, delivery yeah. sushi. You know, there are great places to get those things, but I would say even delivery. take delivery out of it. Like, Food, like, you know, like you to get like that Thai food, you're going to have to go 20 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, you're you know, right. Anna yeah. has a couple, you know, the small town that uh, Master's Choice is headquartered in has a couple really good restaurants. But there's only a couple. And, you know, it's not in a wide variety right. of culinary options. You're right. I think uh, there's a lot of options where we were and. Um, we really took advantage of it and we kind of told ourselves, Hey, get ready. Like yeah. it's not going to be like this. Right. And, and it's fine. Like we, we, we cook a lot ourselves too. Yeah. Um, but I would say too, there's a funny thing about working in the government specifically for a entity like the CIA. And I come back here, I'm now working at master's choice in the marketing department. And when people ask me, Hey, what did you used to do? Like, what, what were you doing before you came here? And when I or when you or when Aaron tells somebody, oh, yeah, he used to work for the CIA, I love the reaction <laughs> because it's typically like they'll kind of side-eye me and then just start laughing like, oh, yeah, yeah, and I'm friends with Kim Jong-un. Like, of, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's, it's – uh, I think my brother's reaction is actually my favorite because he, he feels like for some reason because you worked in the CIA, you know the CIA's secrets. And so to like a certain brother, point, he's right, but – He's really pumping you for information. The secrets he wants to know are just – secrets that no one actually does know. yeah <laughs> but no that's that's very true um so on the whole though glad to be back in southern illinois absolutely yeah do you feel like you have a, a different perspective on small town rural life but uh, you know on the other side of you know maybe different than you when you grew up yeah i think 100 percent. because when i was growing up here and living out like you know i live behind my parents now you know we we bought property from them and we live exactly kind of where i grew up I hated it because I was so far away from everything. And then when I lived amongst everything in DC for 10 years, I couldn't get, I couldn't like wait no, to get away from it. Yeah. And so now that I am I'm in the sanctuary, I feel like I'm like, I can actually feel peace and rest mm -hmm. and calmness where for a certain amount of time, I actually worked in New York city and each day just kind of felt like a continuation of the previous one. There was no reset. Right. And out here, 
five o'clock hits, you know, typically that's when we head home and you know that you can recover and get ready it's for like the a, next day. You just feel yourself. Let it go. Exactly. Um, I'm going to shift gears. Uh, I, I, I built this up that you're the most interesting guy in the office and it's working for words. the CIA, going to art school, all these things we've already talked about. I would say that that's, that's interesting enough. The most interesting aspect of, I think this interview is tell me about your, 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 your all your alternative persona, if you will. Uh, <laughs> tell me about Thor Long Drive. Oh man, yeah. So um, a lot of you, I will say, a majority of you, have never heard of this sport. <laughs> but my, I, myself included, I didn't hear about it until a couple of years ago. But it is a sport that is near and dear to my heart, where you literally hit a golf ball as far <laughs> as you possibly can, launch it, and I am very good at it. <laughs> and I found this out by simply competing in uh, what is called the World Long Drive, which we hope it gets back up and running eventually after post-corona. Yeah. post-corona. Um, and uh, the very first event I was at, I hit a golf ball 415 yards. If we can put that into cornstalk lengths, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll equate that later, but it's a long way. And it, it just, I, I love it. It's, it's an amazing thing. So to be a professional anything I think is cool. Uh, you played college golf. Um, so what was the transition between college golf and then saying, I'm going to be a professional at hitting the ball as far as possible. (laughs) So I, I kind of, I kind of mentioned this previously, but I got a little burnout on golf and again, no one feels sorry for me. And I, I don't, I, I understand that. (laughs) Um, but one of my former teammates, Aaron Aceto up in New Jersey, he's a golf pro now. Um, he asked me, what can we do to get you back in the game? He's like, you know, we had too much fun together playing golf for you not to, you know, be enjoying golf. It's like, what do you enjoy most about golf? And I was like, well, I really like hitting bombs out there, just hitting a ball as far as I can. And he goes, all right, so let's get you into long drive. And I was like, yeah, but those guys are monsters. Like they hit the ball way, way further than I possibly could. He's like, well, let's train, let's make it happen. So we worked together for, I would say less than six months before the first event that I, I competed in. And that first event, I kind of, I, I rolled up in my little Hyundai Elantra. I get out at five foot 10 on a good day. My wife will argue that I'm much shorter than that, but five foot 10 is what I'm going to say because I'm, I'm speaking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and because I, isn't that the shortest guy on the long drive? Yeah, well, like <laughs> if I say I'm five, nine, then I get into dangerous territory of being the shortest guy in long drive and no one wants that title. Um, but, uh, yeah. So me at, at the under six feet that I am, I get out of my tiny car and grab my clubs and start walking towards the driving range where everyone is warming up professionals and guys like me who are used like going to for the first time. And the largest guy in long drive starts walking my way. His name's Mike Dobbin. He's the 2007 world champion. This guy is six foot nine approaching 400 pounds wow. and does not have a lot of fat. <laughs> the guy is Dwayne, the rock Johnson. <laughs> In the golf world. With a golf with a golf And I, I literally almost tucked my tail between my legs and walked away. <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't because I found that I can be competitive and I found that it's a great community of guys and people and girls. And it was the first time where I felt like, hey, I'm doing the right – like I'm. this is something I'm good at and I love it. I'm going to keep pursuing this. You kind of found your space. Exactly. And I, cool. I was very close to qualifying for world championships at that event. So I went to my very next one in Memphis in 2018. I qualified there, got a world ranking, and that's when you're considered a professional. And now today what's, I'm... What's the highest world ranking you've had? I was uh, 51st in the world. 
that's you know, pretty cool. I'm currently at 60th, so I'm I'm trying to crack in a little bit closer to that top top 10, maybe top 20. And what's the farthest you've hit a ball in competition? 415 yards. Wow. That very first event. It was perfect conditions, um, a nice hard surface, a little bit downwind, and then almost every other event I've been in has been into the wind or wet or something. So it's it's all kind of you're, you're up to the variables and elements that you're provided. Sure. So no, that's pretty cool. And where where does Thor come into this? So. You know, as you can see, but not the the listeners out there. I have a little bit longer hair. Um, even as a child, my parents let me grow my hair out quite a bit. Um, I have a little bit more broader shoulders than some people. And I think because of that, even in my childhood, I did. Um, I think it was my grandmother or maybe it was my brother, but just referred to me as Baby Thor. <laughs> and thankfully, the last part of that stuck, not the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I, I really, being in marketing, I, I understood the importance of creating a brand yeah. and using that name as a way for me to get my my name and my abilities out there. And um, now I hit in charity events and I get paid to you know go to places and raise money for some great it's people. It's a good hook. It's a great hook. I love it. And I, my favorite part is the... Uh, the driver head cover <laughs> coming out of your bag, Thor's hammer. That's exactly. So um, my wife, Amanda, bought me one, finally, like a, a legit one. But I also bought one from Toys R Us and made it myself by cutting in half and putting a little hinge on it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, pivoting again before we go to the lightning round, which don't be intimidated. Thund- uh, thunder round? The th- Just kidding. Yeah, no, I mean, really. <laughs> um, so... Pivoting it back around to MC, how long have you been working here at Master's Choice? We're approaching a year. So I started in August of uh, last summer. And, yeah, so it's it's been a great, great um, less than a year tenure here. Um, I had always seen Master's Choice just being able to keep up on social media and everything as not only really being a, a big impact in the ag industry, but also in the community that I grew up in. Um, along with like exceptional design too. So I I was always really proud to see that. And I, I, you know, I did some freelance for you guys before Mm -hmm. I started full time and um, was really proud to become a part of it too. Very cool. Um, you know, obviously we talked about going to art school and what you did at the CIA. Um, we never talked about what I did. Well, (laughs) we can't true, uh, security clearances (laughs) and such. Um, you're you're probably one of the few people that work for Master's Choice, honestly, that are as involved in their degree plan here that you are. So one of the questions I would typically ask in these interviews is, you know, what you did in college and what you do for the team. But I think with you, it lines up pretty tightly. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I, I went to art school. I, I was a... Uh... I worked in design at uh, the CIA and worked my way up to a creative directorship. And then here I feel like I'm doing a lot of the same things I did uh, on a surface level that I was doing for the CIA. So it's it's a creative passion that I'm glad I've been able to sort of have drive my professional career. So for the listeners out there, uh, you know, hopefully some of them are familiar with our brand and our products and, and what we're doing. What are some designed pieces that they could look for that, that maybe you've, you've done, you know, most of the work on? Um, anything print related in the past year or so. Um, if you've been to World Dairy Expo, I helped do the, uh, all the signage for us. But I think some of the things I'm most proud of are the smaller pieces that you might just see on social media. Um, what I really enjoy is actually connecting with our customers and our people out there and being able to hear their stories. And then I take those and I try to tell those stories in ways through our own art too. So it's, uh, it's great to be able to make the connections with people you are designing for. If you're listening to this podcast and you've ever submitted a Facebook message or an Instagram message to us, 
or within the last year, you most likely have gotten a response back from Andrew Herbert. That's, that's fairly true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, kind of, you know, wrapping this up, you know, what's, what's been your favorite part in the last, you know, nearly year of working here? Uh, you know, I think it's just the smaller team. Um, it's being able to know that you're relying on one another and then being able to see the impact that you can all provide individually and collectively together. So it's, it's been a great, it's been, it is, (laughs) it is a great thing to be a part of that team. Is that the biggest difference between private sector working at a smaller company and the government, just that immediate turnaround? I mean, immediate for sure. Like immediate is a possibility here. Yeah. Whereas in the government, there is no word of immediate. A little slower um, pace, a little, little bigger shift to turn. But I, I think also there was still, even though I say I worked with a lot of good people and I did, a slight stuffiness involved with government work and bureaucracy. So it's it's nice to not have to necessarily, I'll say the term, deal with that yeah. um, anymore. So. Well, we really appreciate having you here. It's been fun for me because like, I've known you since T-Ball. Um, and it's, you know, getting to play golf with you, getting more into golf, getting tips from golf with so you. Pr- so proud of you. It's, <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> next week's looking good, buddy. <laughs> the weather. The weather is looking great. Um, before we let you go, I, I like to do just, you know, the, the whole purpose of these telling our stories is to get to know the employees. And I, I think it's cool. You know, like we were talking yesterday about this, and I think if – if one of the brands that I really liked, if like a Nike or an Under Armour or, you know, one of these brands that I really respect their product design or something like that, like if they did something like this, I'd be really interested. In yeah, it. You know, absolutely. Like those, you know, those really cool Adidas sneakers that I'm, that I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing some Adidas NMDs for the sneakerheads out there. Uh, if, if the guy who had design influence on these shoes I'm wearing did a podcast, I would want to listen to it. So hopefully there's a little bit of interest in the people who want to know about our brand and know the people behind our brand because I think that's pretty cool. So for us to really get to know you, I've got a list, what I call the lightning round. This is the most nervous part. These are the, this is the first thing that comes to your head. (laughs) That's why. And there's no wrong answers to this. All right. Now this is, these are random. It's going to go up and down. All right. So just bear with me. Okay. All right. The lightning round starts now. All right. Andrew Herbert, what is your favorite type of music? Ooh, I like, uh, like acoustic alt, alt indie kind of stuff. Just really chill. Okay. So I can work too. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite band? Oh man, that is even tough. There's a band right now called Camp, C A A M P, and they—he's—I think it's actually just two people, but very, very talented, very, very good music. Cool. Uh, who, what's your favorite sports team? Any, any discipline? Oh man, ah, this is tough because I like—I'm horrible with baseball because I—I grew up loving the Red Sox, but and I lived in D.C. with the Washington Nationals, and they just won the World Series. That's a hard. That's so hard I'm going to gonna see if I'm basically going to appear as a Fairweather fan, bandwagon fan, but I'm going to go with the Nationals. I think if you home. lived in that city, you can't be a Fairweather fan. I did see Steven Strasburg's debut and Bryce Harper's debut, and I have like I got to meet them. You have actually. a picture on at your desk, yeah. of you with Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg in the same photo. I I am in that photo, and I did not Photoshop <laughs> it, and I, I've been asked that, but no. So I would say I got to go with the Nationals, <laughs> and this this definitely ticks off a lot of people in this building, <laughs> being Cardinals fans. It's not you're not worse than Kyle Vosberg and like in the Browns and the Indians. So. Yeah, I hope I am rarely compared to <laughs> Kyle Vosberg. <laughs> Love you, buddy. All right, uh, what car do you drive? <sighs> I now drive a Ford F one fifty. That was a long time coming. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, what car would you drive if you had a million dollars? A Ford F one fifty. Oh man. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite TV show? <sighs> the Office. Good on you. Uh, favorite movie? Mm, yeah, that's. 
I'm really into like the uh, space movie, sci-fi kind of mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And there's a lot that. of good ones out there. But man, I I'm gonna go with Interstellar. I was I for some reason I thought you were gonna say that's a really good simply movie. yeah it's a good movie and you know the plot for me didn't really matter it was just how incredible they Visually? told the story and how the visual oh. and cinematic qualities it's a Absolutely. very cool movie yeah. um, favorite book not a necessarily a book guy but um, I uh, I'm gonna go with there's a, there's a book on golf psychology. That's and cool. Tiger Woods, I, you know, I can't even remember the name of it because it was a long time ago. But uh, Tiger Woods was a part of it, and it's basically a golf psychologist who tells you there's a lot of ups and downs, such as life, and how to basically how you react to them is how your effort and how your attitude will be for the rest of the round slash life. So yeah. it was it was a good lesson for me to learn. I read it before I went to college, um, so that actually helped me quite a bit while playing golf in college. That's but, awesome. I like that. All right, Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime? It's funny. We have all three, and we cycle through them all, but I think we're primarily Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to go watch a movie, would you prefer watching it in the theater or on your couch? On my couch. I'm not necessarily a, a crowds kind of guy. Yeah. So couch for sure. Quarantine suits you well. <laughs> oh, I've been I've been like living my whole life for this. <laughs> and I, I say that lightly, but in all seriousness, like I, I hope everyone's doing well out there and the light is the light is approaching. We're it's getting better. We're getting there. Uh, what person this is, we're gonna get serious for a second before we get back off of this. Uh, what person in your life has influenced who you are today the most? I'm gonna split this into both my parents. Cool. Um, because my dad was an avid golfer. He was the one who first got me into golfs, really my first and only coach, um, who helped me with the game and helped me develop that love. And then my mother too, um, an art teacher, my art teacher, and yeah. helped me understand creativity and how to um, use that and progress and uh, be able to have art become a career just like she had. So I would say definitely my parents and, and learning a lot about life from them. Um, kind of goes along with that last question, and, and this is probably the question that'll put you on the spot the most. Oh. But name the person in your life that you wish you were more like. That is a really tough. That's a hard one. It's a really hard question. Man, there's so many good people in my life. It's, it's tough to pick out just one. Um, I would say my my deceased grandfather. Yeah. He was uh, an incredible, incredible man, an incredible character, and I think everyone who met him just had a um, an experience with him that was I'm not going to use the word profound, but he he found a way to connect with everyone on a level that's very hard to do. He was a war vet, um, and he was extremely humble. He I think that was probably the the most the, the, the biggest characteristic I was able to kind of get out of him was he was very accomplished but very humble and that really spoke the silence of that spoke loudly to me yeah cool I like that uh, now they get easier from here that was a really tough one it was hard that's, that's a tough one uh, Coke or Pepsi <laughs> neither I don't really like soda that much um, I, I hope guess your wife's Coke. not listening to this. You don't have to say Pepsi. I don't. I don't have to say Pepsi. She. She probably. Yeah. She probably won't make it this far. So. <laughs> <laughs> she listened to the first ten minutes. Oh, that's really good, Andrew. That was great. Great stuff. His wife works for Pepsi. For anybody <laughs> wondering. Uh, all right. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. Okay. I, I go to bed way too early for my age. <laughs> uh, beach or mountains? Mountains. iPhone or Android? iPhone. If you could go on vacation yes. to somewhere you've never been, 
okay, you're a pretty well-traveled guy. Your brother was a pilot. You've seen a lot of the world. If you could go on vacation, if I give you a voucher right now to go anywhere in the world, somewhere you haven't been, where are you going? New Zealand. I don't blame you. And then you've been there, it's, so I'm a little envious, but it's it's just, I think it has everything that I would love to love experience and, and see. Um, okay. Same question, but if you could go back anywhere you've been. Man, Olympic National Park in Washington State is some of the most beautiful area I've ever seen and experienced. Um, just the, the natural beauty of it. Yeah. And then, man, that's, yeah, I would say Olympic National Park as the most specific as yeah. I can get. Cool. Yeah. I like it. All right. Almost done. Just a couple more questions. And these are specifically tailored to you. Oh. All right. Phil or Tiger? Tiger. <laughs> Phil's awesome, though, but I got to go Tiger. Um. Callaway or Titleist? Callaway. My man, you're done. Off the hot seat. <laughs> that was it? That's it. All right. I was kind of sweating there for a little <laughs> bit. I thought there was going to be more. I like I like putting the, the real serious hard questions in the middle because it's like you build up to it and then you kind of yeah, come back Yeah, no, that down. was great. I feel like I, I had already finished the finish line and then you asked those <laughs> yeah. easy two questions. Yep. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, we learned a lot about Andrew Herbert. I hope uh, not. I hope not like too much. Well, that's up to the, your colleagues at the CIA. That's true. We'll find out soon enough. <laughs> Um, thanks for doing this. This was fun. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Um, come back next week, podcast audience, and we'll be back to more of your regularly scheduled MC podcast, a little more ag education, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this, and uh, we'll do another one of these with somebody else pretty soon. Thanks for coming. Thank you.